Chapter 8 of 25 Sermons on the Holy Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. 25 Sermons on the Holy Land by Thomas DeWitt Talmage. The Marriage Feast. Thou hast kept the good wine until now. John 2.10 standing not far off from the demolished town of what was once called cana of galilee i bethink myself of our lord's first manhood miracle which has been the astonishment of the ages my visit last week to that place makes vivid in my mind that beautiful occurrence in christ's ministry my text brings us to a wedding in that village it is a wedding in common life two plain people pledged to each other hand and heart and their friends having come in for congratulation the joy is not the less because there is no pretension in each other they find all the future they want the daisy in the cup and on the table may mean as much as a score of artistic garlands fresh from the hothouse when a daughter goes off from home with nothing but a plain father's blessing and a plain mother's love she is missed as much as though she were a princess it seems hard after parents have sheltered her for eighteen years that in a few short months her affections should have been carried off by another but mother remembers how it was in her own case when she was young and so she braces up until the wedding has passed and the banqueters are gone and she has a good cry all alone well we are to-day at the wedding in cana of galilee jesus and his mother have been invited it is evident there are more people there than were expected either some people have come who were not invited or more invitations have been sent out than it was supposed would be accepted of course there is not enough supply of wine you know that there is nothing more embarrassing to a housekeeper than a scant supply jesus sees the embarrassment and he comes up immediately to relieve it he sees standing six water-pots he orders the servants to fill them with water then waves his hand over the water and immediately it is wine real wine taste of it and see for yourselves no logwood in it no strychnine in it but first-rate wine i will not now be diverted to the question so often discussed in my own country whether it is right to drink wine i am describing the scene as it was when god makes wine he makes the very best wine and one hundred and thirty gallons of it standing around in those water-pots wine so good that the ruler of the feast tastes it and says why this is really better than anything we have had thou hast kept the good wine until now beautiful miracle a prize was offered to the person who should write the best essay about the miracle in cana long manuscripts were presented in the competition but a poet won the prize by just this one line descriptive of the miracle the unconscious water saw its god and blushed what the miracle teaches we learn from this miracle in the first place that christ has sympathy with housekeepers you might have thought that jesus would have said i cannot be bothered with this household deficiency of wine it is not for me lord of heaven and earth to become caterer to this feast i have vaster things than this to attend to not so said jesus the wine gave out and jesus by miraculous power came to the rescue does there ever come a scant supply in your household have you to make a very close calculation 
is it hard for you to carry on things decently and respectably if so don't sit down and cry don't go out and fret but go to him who stood in the house of cana of galilee pray in the parlor pray in the kitchen let there be no room at all in your house unconsecrated by the voice of prayer if you have a microscope put under it one drop of water and see the insects floating about and when you see that god makes them and cares for them and feeds them come to the conclusion that he will take care of you and feed you o ye of little faith a boy asked me if he might sweep the snow from the steps of a house the lady of the household said yes you seem very poor he says i am very poor she says don't you sometimes get discouraged to feel that god is going to let you starve the lad looked up in the woman's face and said do you think god will let me starve when i trust in him and then do the best i can enough theology for older people trust in god and do the best you can amidst all the worriments of housekeeping go to him he will help you control your temper and supervise your domestics and entertain your guests and manage your home economies there are hundreds of women weak and nervous and exhausted with the cares of housekeeping i commend you to the lord jesus christ as the best adviser and the most efficient aid the lord jesus who performed his first miracle to relieve a housekeeper i learn also from this miracle that christ does things in abundance i think a small supply of wine would have made up for the deficiency i think certainly they must have had enough for half of the guests one gallon of wine will do certainly five gallons will be enough certainly ten but jesus goes on and gives them thirty gallons and forty gallons and fifty gallons and seventy gallons and one hundred gallons and one hundred and thirty gallons of the very best wine the creator's generosity it is just like him doing everything on the largest and most generous scale does christ our creator go forth to make leaves he makes them by the whole forest full notched like the fern or silvered like the aspen are broad like the palm thickets in the tropics oregon forests does he go forth to make flowers he makes plenty of them they flame from the hedge they hang from the top of the grapevine and blossoms they roll in the blue wave of the violets they toss their white surf into the spirea enough for every child's hand a flower enough to make for every brow a chaplet enough with beauty to cover up the ghastliness of all the graves does he go forth to create water he pours it out not by the cupful but by a riverful a lakeful an oceanful pouring it out until all the earth has enough to drink and enough with which to wash does jesus our lord provide redemption it is not a little salvation for this one a little for that and a little for the other but enough for all whosoever let him come each man an oceanful for himself promises for the young promises for the old promises for the lowly promises for the blind for the halt for the outcast for the abandoned pardon for all comfort for all mercy for all heaven for all not merely a cupful of gospel supply but one hundred and thirty gallons ay the tears of godly repentance are all gathered up into god's bottle and some day standing before the throne we will lift our cup of delight and ask that it be filled with the wine of heaven and jesus from that bottle of tears will begin to pour in the cup and we will cry 
stop jesus we do not want to drink our own tears and jesus will say know ye not that the tears of earth are the wine of heaven sorrow may you endure but joy cometh in the morning i remark further jesus does not shadow the joys of others with his own griefs he might have sat down in that wedding and said i have so much trouble so much poverty so much persecution and the cross is coming i shall not rejoice and the gloom of my face and my sorrows shall be cast over all this group so said not jesus he said to himself here are two persons starting out in married life let it be a joyful occasion i will hide my own griefs i will kindle their joy there are many not so wise as that i know a household where there are many little children where for two years the musical instrument has been kept shut because there has been trouble in the house alas for the folly parents saying we will have no christmas tree this coming holiday because there has been trouble in the house hush that laughing upstairs how can there be any joy when there has been so much trouble and so they make everything consistently doleful and send their sons and daughters to ruin with the gloom they throw around them oh my dear friends do you know not those children will have trouble enough of their own after a while be glad they cannot appreciate all yours keep back the cup of bitterness from your daughter's lips when your head is down in the grass of the tomb poverty may come to her betrayal to her bereavement to her keep back the sorrows as long as you can do you not know that son may after a while have his heart broken stand between him and all harm you may not fight his battles long fight them while you may throw not the chill of your own despondency over his soul rather be like jesus who came to the wedding hiding his own grief and kindling the joys of others so i have seen the sun on a dark day struggling amidst the clouds black ragged and portentous but not after a while the sun with golden pry heaved back the blackness and the sun laughed to the lake and the lake laughed to the sun and from horizon to horizon begin and from horizon to horizon under the saffron sky the water was all turned into wine he wants us to be comfortable i learn from this miracle that christ is not impatient with the luxuries of life it was not necessary that they should have that wine hundreds of people have been married without any wine we do not read that any of the other provisions fell short when christ made the wine it was not a necessity but a positive luxury i do not believe that he wants us to eat hard bread and sleep on hard mattresses unless we like them the best i think if circumstances will allow we have a right to the luxuries of dress the luxuries of diet and the luxuries of residence there is no more religion in an old coat than in a new one we can serve god drawn by a golden-plated harness as certainly as when we go afoot jesus christ will dwell with us under a fine ceiling as well as under a thatched roof and when you get wine made out of water drink as much of it as you can what is the difference between a chinese mud hovel and an american home what is the difference between the rough bearskins of the russian boor and the outfit of an american gentleman no difference except that which the gospel of christ directly or indirectly has caused when christ shall have vanquished all the world i suppose every house will be a mansion and every garment a robe and every horse an arched neck courser 
and every carriage a glittering vehicle, and every man a king, and every woman a queen, and the whole earth a paradise, the glories of the natural world harmonizing with the glories of the material world, until the very bells of the horses shall jingle the praises of the Lord. I learn further from this miracle that Christ has no impatience with festal joy. Otherwise, he would not have accepted the invitation to that wedding. He certainly would not have done that which increased the hilarity. There may have been many in that room who were happy, but there was not one of them that did so much for the joy of the wedding party as Christ himself. He was the chief of the banqueters. When the wine gave out, he supplied it. And so, I take it, he will not deny us the joys that are positively festal. I think the children of God have more right to laugh than any other people, and to clap their hands as loudly. There is not a single joy denied them that is given to any other people. Christianity does not clip the wings of the soul. Religion does not frost the flowers. What is Christianity? I take it to be simply a proclamation from the throne of God of emancipation for all the enslaved. And if a man accepts the terms of that proclamation and becomes free, has he not a right to be married? Suppose the father has an elegant mansion and larger grounds. To whom will he give the first privilege of these grounds? Will he say, My children, you must not walk through these paths, or sit down under these trees, or pluck this fruit. These are for outsiders. They may walk in them. No father would say anything like that. He would say, The first privileges in all the grounds and all my house shall be for my own children. And yet men try to make us believe that God's children are on the limits, and the chief refreshments and enjoyments of life are for outsiders, and not for his own children. It is stark atheism. There is no innocent beverage too rich for God's child to drink. There is no robe too costly for him to wear. There is no hilarity too great for him to indulge in, and no house too splendid for him to live in. He has a right to the joys of earth. He shall have a right to the joys of heaven. Though tribulation and trial and hardship may come unto many, let him rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and again I say rejoice. He comes in the hour of extremity. I remark again that Christ comes to us in the hour of our extremity. He knows the wine was giving out before there was any embarrassment or mortification. Why did he not perform the miracle sooner? Why wait until it was all gone, and no help could come from any source, and then come in and perform the miracle. This is Christ's way. And when he did come in, at the hour of extremity, he made first-rate wine, so that they cried out, Thou hast kept the good wine until now. Jesus, in the hour of extremity, he seems to prefer that hour. In a Christian home in Poland, great poverty had come, and on the weekday the man was obliged to move out of the house with his whole family. That night he knelt with his family and prayed to God. While they were kneeling in prayer, there was a tap on the window-pane. They opened the window, and there was a raven that the family had fed and trained, and it had in its bill a ring all set with precious stones, which was found out to be a ring belonging to the royal family. It was taken up to the king's residence, and for the honesty of the man in bringing it back, he had a house given to him, and a garden, and a farm. Who was it that sent the raven tapping on the window? the same God that sent the raven to feed Elijah by the brook Cherith, Christ in the hour of extremity. You mourned over your sins. You could not find the way out. You sat down and said, God will not be merciful. 
he has cast me off but in that the darkest hour of your history light broke from the throne and jesus said o wanderer come home i have seen all thy sorrows in this the hour of thy extremity i offer thee pardon and everlasting life trouble came you were almost torn to pieces by that trouble you braced yourself up against it you said i will be a stoic and will not care but before you had got through making the resolution it broke down under you you felt that all your resources were gone and then jesus came in the fourth watch of the night the bible says jesus came walking on the sea why did he not come in the first watch or in the second watch or in the third watch i do not know he came in the fourth and gave deliverance to his disciples jesus in the last extremity i wonder if it will be so in our very last extremity we shall fall suddenly sick and doctors will come but in vain we will try anodynes and the stimulants and the bathings but all in vain something will say you must go no one to hold us back but the hands of eternity stretched out to pull us on what then jesus will come to us as we say lord jesus i am afraid of that water i cannot wade through to the other side he will say take hold of my arm and we will take hold of his arm and then he will put his foot on the surf of the wave taking us on down deeper 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 and our soul will cry all thy waves and billows have gone over me they cover the feet they come to the knee pass the girdle and come to the head and our soul cries out lord jesus christ i cannot hold thine arm any longer then jesus will turn around throw both his arms about us and set us on the beach far beyond the tossing of the billow jesus in the last extremity a grander wedding that wedding scene is gone now the wedding ring has been lost the tankards have been broken the house is down but jesus invites us to a grander wedding you know the bible says that the church is the lamb's wife that the lord will after a while come to fetch her home there will be gleaming of torches in the sky and the trumpets of god will ravish the air with their music and jesus will stretch out his hand and the church robed in white will put aside her veil and look up into the face of her lord the king and the bridegroom will say to the bride thou hast been faithful through all these years the mansion is ready come home thou art fair my love and then shall he put upon her brow the crown of dominion and the table will be spread and it will reach across the skies and the mighty ones of heaven will come in garlanded with beauty and striking their symbols and the bridegroom and bride will stand at the head of the table and the banqueters looking up will wonder and admire and say that is jesus the bridegroom but the scar on his brow is covered with a coronet and the stab in his side is covered with a robe and that is his bride the weariness of her earthly woe lost in the flesh of this wedding triumph there will be wine enough at that wedding not coming from the poisoned vats of earth but the vineyards of god will press their ripest clusters and the cups and tankards will blush to the brim with the heavenly vintage and then all the banqueters will drink standing esther having come up from the bacchanalian revelry of ahasuerus where a thousand lords feasted will be there 
and the queen of sheba from the banquet of solomon will be there and the mother of jesus from the wedding in cana will be there and they all will agree that the earthly feasting was poor compared with that then lifting their chalices in that holy light they shall cry to the lord of the feast thou hast kept the good wine until now end of chapter eight